tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. 104 to 107 nationwide and on DSTV channel 814. This is Late Night Conversations, a team. We are going to be talking now about dealing with mental and physical battles when you are confronted with the coronavirus or you're infected with it or one of your family members is. And um, we have our A team guest who is Saki Lenkosi. I'd like to remind you that at 11 o'clock, Zolika Kodashi is going to be coming in to uh, give you the final news bulletin of the day. And after 11, we're are going to be talking about step parenting or the challenges or the, the joys and glories of being a step parent. Now, for that conversation, you can join in by dialing 011714-4045 or 0891-104-207. You can also SMS on 4139. One SMSs are charged at one hundred and fifty. WhatsApps go to oh six one four one oh four one oh seven. I'd like to welcome audiologist Sakileng Osi, a man who has overcome the COVID nineteen battle mentally and physically. Very warm welcome to you, Sakile. Oh, greetings to you and your listeners. Thank you very thank you mu- for having me. Well, thank you very much for joining us and uh, being willing to share your story. Um, I yes. know that you are an audiologist, but today we're not talking about your profession or what you do professionally, but we're talking about you having contracted um, COVID-19 and how you overcame Absolutely. that. I mean, we've heard a lot of people who, w- once you hear that you're COVID-19, you firstly get shocked, and then after that it's the stigma and then the fear of infecting your family and loved ones and trying to trace. Mm. How did you handle this particular mental and emotional battle? Uh, I must say it has been quite a journey. I think it's one of the chain of a thousand miles and yeah, it has had a lot of twists and turns than I expected or I anticipated because you know when uh, first um, when the when the country went on lockdown and they declared that, okay, COVID is now within in our country, I think I was looking at it not in the lens of being a patient, but in the lens of being a practitioner. But then when now I was, I contracted the virus, then everything changed. So basically, I found it difficult at first to share my story. But then I was motivated by a lot of quotes while I was in isolation that uh, inspired me to make the decision to share my story because I believe that uh, sharing your story would be might be possibly the most important thing that one will ever do. For example, there's one quote that I read. It says, um, your heart hate is someone else's hope. So if you make it through, somebody else is going to make it through. So tell your story. So my journey basically began on the 25th of July, where I started uh, to experience like almost uh, the, I mean, all, almost all the, the coded COVID symptoms. So I had to follow the correct protocols and inform my superiors, and that is when uh, testing was suggested and it was strongly emphasized. Then I passed quarantine to fast forward the story and I overcome the physical symptoms. But what I had to conquer now is to, oh, once I conquered the physical symptoms, I had to recover now the stigma. So while I was on quarantine, you would just get like an influx of messages and calls from people or friends or people will just ask you that, how did you get infected? 
So when someone asked me that question, that's when I realized that there's still a lack of knowledge out there from people within the society that people aren't aware that we are now on community transmission, that it means you can just get it anywhere. And also researchers advanced in a form that, or in a way that it informed us that COVID is airborne. So that means it's on the air, so it just takes something as simple as breathing in order to contract the virus. So when someone asks me and say, how did you get infected? So it gives me that impression that you you went to travel outside of the province or you travel as far as, a, I mean, as overseas in order to contract a virus. So that also brought like quite a lot of frustration, I think, like through me. And yeah, and also there were a lot of people who were quick at that point as well to give advice. And there were people at at, 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 at that point who were quick to to give words of encouragement. But what I particularly um, uh, struggled with with re- is reintegration with society, so going back to society. So I had a fear of going back to the shops because when I pass like a friend or, for example, a colleague as well, so you you will see like the, the, the social distancing become real. So now a 1.5 meter distance is no longer it's no longer 1.5 meters, so it's quickly converted into a 20,000 meters. So that's how far it is. So on the other hand, you understand from their side that they are protecting themselves, so which is okay. But I think at that point, once you know that someone is already infected, so you shouldn't actually make it obvious to that person that, okay, now I'm wearing a mask because you are uh, I'm communicating with you as you are a confirmed case or now I'm social distancing or because you are a, I mean, a, 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 a confirmed case. So there should be like a way that we should work around that instead to make it like to practice those precautions in a more acceptable manner than not to make me feel like now I'm treating you as a virus, not as a human being. So, Kila, you make mention of the fact that a lot of people were quick to give you some uh, remedies and solutions. And I remember that when the, 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 the COVID-19 outbreak was quite rife in South Africa and mm. education was not so abundant, a lot of people started talking about remedies and some people actually died and ended up in hospital because of these mm. unscrupulous remedies. Do you mind just telling us about some of the remedies that you were told that were like absurd and out of the the, the, the question. Oh well, <laughs> also some of the remedies are not really rooted like in scientific, are not scientifically evidence based. So, but some are just like normal flu remedies. Like okay, mix this and that. For example, you can just take honey, lemon, and ginger, and you can maybe mix uh, these certain herbs. Uh, turmeric and honey and lemon and yeah this will help you maybe to cool down your chest or this will help you to sort of like calm you down maybe steam maybe do that it was mostly like remedies that were centered around like treating like flu because people still believe that it's mostly it's like flu like uh, they still think covid is purely like flu so the remedies were around that so yeah 
Okay, so it wasn't anything absurd. I mean, we've heard people drinking uh, uh, remedies uh, that are supposed to cure certain ailments in uh, animals like horses, and thank goodness no one was telling you such things. No, 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 it wasn't that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it now, wasn't that. So, Kili, I mean, when you're saying people, uh, when you have to reintegrate into um, into society, um, you know, it's it's always easier to talk about those who are far from you, who are fr- who are friends and, and relatives who don't live with you in your household. How was it to then, after being tested negative of COVID-19, interact with your family, especially if it's, it's like kids and uh, maybe your partner? How easy was it for them to understand that you are now COVID negative and you are able to interact with them um, as you did before, obviously with a bit more caution? So actually, for me, I was lucky enough because I didn't find that uh, form of... I would still... What you mentioned now... I would still like classify it under like, I mean, under stigmatization because also one of the things that people must realize that once you you achieved clinical stability and also your symptoms is symptom free for like I think now it's ten days, it's no longer fourteen days, so you and you feel like you're fine, so you are not required to retest anymore, so you can just go back and continue with your life and still take precautions. But then I came across questions like frequently uh, from people like whether have you been retested negative or not. And before, like, we sort of, like, proceed with our interactions. So some others, they would send me also through WhatsApp and say, hey, have you been tested negative now? And you find that I have I had plans with friends and said, you know what, after isolation, I just want to go celebrate life again. Let's go to outdoor activities like hiking and river rafting or whatever we had we we plan to do before but then they will still that that question will still pop like have you tested negative and while people don't know that even if you are um even if you are done with isolation and you are symptom free the virus is still within your system according to the pathologist they will tell you that it can still be cultured you can still be tested positive but that doesn't mean you are infectious so i think that's why people still don't really understand understand but from family side like they were very supportive i think they're still keen to see me because i'm living far away from them and they are insisting but for the sake of protecting themselves uh, for the sake of me protecting them i told them that okay i think i need to maintain a probably um like a gap in 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 between our visits for like a month or two before like I feel comfortable seeing them because now it's more like me thinking on their behalf than them thinking um, I'm 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 about me then yeah. Listen, if none of your friends want to go river rafting or hiking with you, you can always invite me, okay? I'll be your friend, okay? Because it's really mean what people are doing. <laughs> so I'll be your friend. If you wear your mask, of course. No, everywhere we go, it's a mask thing. That's our new normal. But Sakila, now let's talk about then, you know, overcoming COVID-19 physically. We've spoken about the mental side that you've faced challenges, but you were able to overcome them because you are positive and you are well versed around the 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 the, the mm. pandemic but now physically what is it that you personally did to make sure that you 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 come out negative mm. 
So, okay, I seek help. I The moment I saw that something is not right here, the moment I ex- experienced the first symptom, that's when I stood up and consulted with healthcare practitioners, which in this case is doctors. Then that's where testing was done. And because of my symptoms were classified as mild, then they recommended self-isolation. But they kept on monitoring me every day, and they told me that should the symptoms persist, then I have to report to a healthcare establishment where I can receive advanced care. So I was prescribed a certain medication that I have to take, obviously to control the symptoms of which I have a headache and also the coughs and also the fatigue and also the, the body pains. And while I was also on quarantine or on isolation, I made sure that I avoid the news at all because obviously the media was reporting at that point like <laughs> who died, how many cases, where and where and where, where are the success stories and where are the bad stories. So And also knowing yourself as you watch like those, I mean, that, that content that you are part of the statistic and you're not sure that, you. I mean, we are dealing with a virus that doesn't have a formula and we don't know what it's capable of doing. I'm not sure like in the next hour, how am I going to feel? So I decided like, to make sure that I refrain from watching anything that, that will sort of uh, exacerbate like, my, um, my also negativity <laughs> at that point. Because, like, yes, you are. You, you are. I mean, it, 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 was, it is allowed because you feel down, you feel anxious, you feel uh, not well at all. So anything that will exacerbate those thoughts so you make sure that you refrain from it. And I started doing lots of reading, mostly like reading quotes and inspirational books. And I think that's what helped me as well to divert my thoughts like towards positivity and also to keep me calm. Mm. That's mm. what I've been doing. Mm. And, and that's very exciting to know that you are one of those success stories. You know, every time we hear the reports in the media that uh, we have higher rate of uh, recoveries than we have of deaths. It, it sounds like such a far-fetched story because there's not a lot of people who come out and talk to us about the recovery process. So it's very exciting to hear that. And now, you know, I'd like to know that, you know, as, as you have recovered, what is it that you are doing to ensure that other people have the education that you have? when it comes to COVID-19, in supporting their family members, in supporting colleagues, friends, and loved ones? Mm. When I was uh, on isolation, uh, I, I seek sort of um, uh, support uh, through a COVID-19 group on social media. There's a nice um, COVID-19 group on Facebook where all the people who are tested positive, where we share our symptoms, we share our stories, we share how we feel, we exchange ideas and everything. So it doesn't really have to be uh, about, uh, can you take this for that or can you take that for this symptom? Also, it covers like the stigma as well. So I found that group very helpful because all people will post there that I'm feeling better today. And... I mean, when when you see those messages, as I mean, when you see those stories popping, as um, I, I mean, as often, so that's where I also started realizing that you know what, recovery is possible. 
So I also decided that after my, uh, I made a vow that after my isolation, I'm going to post my story there and just, I mean, and, and just inform people like, I mean, what happened, my journey, and also that's where I also posted some of the precautions of which is washing hands, maintaining social distancing, and also know your symptoms early, and also the importance of, I mean, of early detection and intervention as well, so of which it was covered in the story, and it was really well perceived by many people. And I saw people who started, in, I mean, commenting on the story, they were asking questions, how long did your loss of taste and smell last? And how are you handling the stigma and I mean are you ready to face your colleagues are you ready to face your friends so all those things were addressed like when I posted that story on that group so it's a very nice platform and it's not only for healthcare practitioners, but it's for everyone so mm. we it's from different it's, it's from I mean it's for yeah it's for almost everyone Okay, and I've got an A-teamer here who says, uh, your guess uh, that he feels, um, mentions that he feels like he wants to keep away from his family because he fears for their safety. Now, if he feels that way, do you blame society and colleagues for wanting to keep their distance? Um, can you please repeat that question for me? So, the uh, our because of time, but you'll just have to give mm. me a yes or no answer. He says, if you've since you've mentioned that you want to keep away from your family um, mm. to, for their safety, how do you perceive or blame society and colleagues for wanting to keep their distance from you? Okay, yeah, difficult question for you to answer. <laughs> just answer it quickly because I need to go to news, please, Sakile. I think I missed part of the question. All right. Because of time, I need to let you go. But thank you so very okay. much, Sakile. Uh, let's go to Zolaga Kotashe with the news.